Hey everybody, and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, this is Aid. You are listening to show number 33. Is this an album? Is it a, a vinyl record? Is it the resurgence of analog? Should every show be called number 33? after this or maybe the next one will be called 33 and a third who knows that and other nonsense is no doubt the topic of today's show um graham how are you buddy you know i, I want to congratulate you because i don't know about the rest of the listeners but you've actually managed to completely befuddle me in the opening salvo this week because i have no idea what you're talking about although <laughs> i will say if every podcast gets renamed to 33 it's gonna make things really confusing well, you know, I spend many, many hours uh, thinking up these intros. And as we do more episodes, it gets harder and harder, you know. It's so, you know, occasionally I just have to make shit up. <laughs> it's just that brilliant stream of consciousness going on. I love it. I love it. So is that because of the, the RPM? Is that the reason with it's a vinyl thing? It would be, yes. 33 ah, and a third revolutions per minute. I thought that was the station that you went to to go to Hogwarts. No, 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 no. I've been to Hogwarts recently, um, and it's uh, it's platform nine and three quarters. <laughs> I was miles off then. You were. Your record would be running really slowly, slowly. <laughs> and also, I definitely wouldn't get the train to Hogwarts. I'm going to end up in Clapham or somewhere by mistake. <laughs> That'd be quite an achievement. Um, but anyway, uh, this is not a podcast about records and neither actually is it a podcast about harry potter which is a shame because it would definitely be more popular if it was <laughs> well yeah probably uh but that's not who we are we're not doing this to be popular i don't think are we <laughs> if, we if we are doing it to be popular <laughs> then we're doing a real bad job of it okay all right so i tell you what let's let's uh let's have a soft reset on that and i shall apologize to our listeners uh listeners i have had a very strange weekend uh, and uh, we're recording this on Monday night uh, primarily or for one reason because uh, I didn't make it home on Sunday night um, which is a bit of a conundrum. Uh, I've actually been to, uh, for those of you who like whiskey, uh, uh, probably the, the the mecca of for whiskey lovers uh, this weekend. I've been to the island of Isla which is off the west coast of Scotland. And uh, I'm a bit discombobulated because uh, I was supposed to fly home yesterday, but the weather closed in and they couldn't get the plane into us. So I've uh, ended up with a, a lot of uh, urgently reconfigured travel plans. And that means that I'm probably going to talk a lot more nonsense than usual this evening. So I suspect the thing to do would be to uh, just for me to sit back, take a breath and listen to a story from graham about a recent photo shoot so graham what tell us uh, what's this all about as you know Aid, i harbor these dreams of being able to take pictures of people that never manifest in me actually taking pictures of people and um I've been talking about that to my uh, lovely better half Sinead who she likes having her picture taken and um this is a good thing. And I kept saying, oh, I never get a chance to take any pictures. And she keeps going, well, I, well just find time. You, you take some time off and I'll come out and take pictures with you. So this Thursday just gone, that's what we did. Um, I arranged to have some time off, which at this time of year is uh, no big whoop. Um, 
and we went out to a nearby um, village and they, in within this village there's this ruins um, it's an old uh, fancy hall which is very ruinous now uh, called Minster Level and um, unfortunately it was a cold cold miserable day and I already had a fairly heavy cold, so it wasn't ideal shooting conditions. Um, but yeah, we, we trotted out there and we spent not very long taking pictures, about half an hour. Maybe mm, probably wasn't much longer than that because it got so cold. But um, yeah, it was great fun. It's, it's the first time I've ever actually been out purposefully to shoot portraits with somebody who is there to model for me. Um, and I have to say, Sinead did a great job. She she was a way better model than I was a photographer on that day. <laughs> um, although as it got colder, it, it you know it got harder to do. It, it just in terms of like she we're having to more and more layers were having to go on, and um, the poses were getting more and more huddled. But um, yeah, it was a good experience. I took with me the Bronica and my Olympus OM one. Um, and I shot a bit with both of them. Uh, I haven't had, I have only got the very short way through the Olympus film, so it's going to be a while before I see the pictures from that. But I used the um, Kodak Vision 250 film for that because it was, seemed like the best speed choice and best quality choice for what I had. So um, I look forward to battling with the Remjet again when that comes around. This sounds like an interesting day out. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I mean, like I said, it was brief. Um, and, if the weather had been better, it would have made everything a lot easier. Um, because when it's cold, you don't want to keep somebody hanging around. And so shifting between cameras and stuff. So I, I used the OM one for a bit and then I just shifted to the Bronica. I think the light meter on my Bronica is playing up a bit, um, which was also unfortunate. Ooh. Because I, yeah, I just you look through and it's giving you a, an indicator of what shutter speed it's going to go with and i was thinking that seems slow seems really oh, slow do you get that too i get that on mine as well oh really this is something you've come across is it consistently like that or just every now and again um that's a good question so i you you can look at something sometimes and and the, and the bronicle say oh no it's you know you, you need a 15th of a second or something you think no no i'm sure i this is more like a, a 50th or or a 60th mm. and you think it's very strange um do you know what uh i don't know whether it's because modern films have got so much latitude on them but i've actually learned just to trust it really um uh it's the because uh, uh, I don't uh, it it doesn't seem to have had any negative impact on my negatives. photos on my negatives yes yeah. uh, boom uh, it doesn't yeah so it, it's but sometimes you look at it and you think they re that really isn't the required shutter speed for this um, and I don't know whether it's to do with the uh, the pattern uh, of um, uh, of the measure of the 
their idea of the metering, whether the metering pattern within the viewfinder yeah, is different. Yeah, whether the matrix is different. Thank you for helping me out there. <laughs> uh, I don't know uh, whether it's just because the negatives are so damn big, it doesn't need, you know, um, it, well, that, we're not saying it needs more light, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. which is kind of counterintuitive. So I, uh, I, I don't know, but what I ha I just tend to trust it now because I've, I've had that. I went through that a while back, a year or more ago, I think, and just thought these are really weird. I don't understand why these are the things. Um, couple of couple of things you could check though. Mm -hmm. um, uh, obviously, the first is the battery. I mean, the batteries yeah. last for blooming ever, don't they? And those things, but they must die eventually. Especially if you, the, the one of the easiest mistakes to make with the Bronica, and I have done this in the past, is forgetting to turn off the the um, meter oh, on the yeah, viewfinder. Straight, yeah, I do if, that. Yeah, do that. That's it. You'll you'll kill that battery because, especially if, like us, you don't come to it all that often. That will just slowly drain it away, and then you'll pick it up, and, and that'll be dead. So, so, and the other thing, aid. Well, the other thing is, I mean, because these are modular cameras, of course, uh, your viewfinder comes on, you know, goes on and off quite readily. Um, and I don't know about uh, yours, but mine, the fit of it is a little bit loose and it jiggles about in its, you know, it's not, a, it, it's got sort of two rails. It just slides on like any yeah. viewfinder would. And it sort of jiggles around. It's like, it's a bit like a, a flash gun jiggling a bit in a, in a hot shoe. Um, mm. And I, I have wondered sometimes whether the connections uh, are as yeah as close as they need to be. And so what I tend to do, and I, I make sure when I put it up to my eye when I'm using it, I sort of sort of put make sure I've got the the viewfinder pushed forward in its in its slot so that got the you. connections are good. Um, I um, don't think that makes any difference. I think I've just developed a habit of checking that because mine's a little bit loose. Uh, no, that's a good idea though, because I. Cause I um... What made me particularly aware of it was that I was using uh, Ilford HP5 film in this, and it was uh, pushed to 1600 ISO. Um, I was talking about this before Christmas. I was keen to give it a go, and so that's what I did. I stick this roll in. So I was expecting a certain amount of speed there, and I found this at Christmas when I took a few shots when I was with my family that it was reading very slow. And at that point, I checked the battery that didn't make any difference because I actually had a spare in the bag. And I think I did take off and maybe I did take off and reseat the viewfinder. I, I have a feeling that it did sort itself out after a while. Um, and when I came to use it again, yeah, I, I just, I took one shot with it. At, actually, I think even with the shot that I took, I went slightly faster than the shutter speed it was recommending. It was recommending, I think, a 15th of a second. And I went, oh, this seems slow. And also I've got uh, a 150 millimeter lens on here. Um, that's not going to work. So I think I shot it 30th and the photo was a bit overexposed and also had camera shutter and um, movement in there. So luckily I'd taken with me my um, light meter and I used that to properly meter um, the shot that I put up on Instagram of um, Sinead. Uh, and that definitely came out as the best exposed picture. Um after that, I did use the light meter, but because it was getting cold and I was starting to rush a bit, they were all a bit off. And I think that I don't they, they did not get enough exposure then because I was being a bit fast and loose with it. And that combined with me doing this first um, run at developing the film at ISO 1600 made for some 
pretty bad negatives for a lot of oh, those. Did it? Because the one. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that one of Sinead then that you've put up on, on mm. the Instagram account. I mean, it it's uh, just while we're talking about exposure, it seems to me to be perfectly nicely exposed, uh, yeah. and it's got it's got that. Uh, it, 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 yeah, we've talked about this quite a lot recently, but it's got that HP five look, but it's not overwhelming because you've got it on a big negative. And yeah. uh, you know, so it's got texture rather than enormous grain, uh, which works really nicely, actually. And uh, uh, yeah, a- apart from all the jokes about you, you're clearly you know um, batting above where you should be. Um, the <laughs> you're a lucky man. Yeah. Um, I got. I did have a technical question about it actually. Um, it, the, there's a couple of shadows in it that make me think that there's some artificial lighting in there as well. I know. Can you believe it, Aid? I took some artificial light. Oh, with me. mate, well done. I know. I mean, I, it wasn't much, but I did take that um, light panel that I bought, that cheap light panel, uh, because that shot, she's actually, because it was a bit drizzly, she's actually in a little sort of uh, alcovey tunnel walkthrough thing. So it's, it was pretty dark in there. Um, and so, yeah, I used that. I mean, I had to get it pretty close up to throw enough light to make any difference but i was very glad that i'd taken it um and uh yeah i mean because i'm i'm not confident with flash yet although i did take a few pictures with flash over christmas on the um on that camera so we'll see how they came out but um yeah I, that that little light i stuck it on the tripod and um it was pretty useful um yeah as far as the the look of the film i was pleased with that uh it's not there's not a huge amount of detail in there um, in any of the pictures. I said the ones that I've got up on Instagram of Sinead and when I took up Christmas of my mum are two of the best pictures on there um, in terms of exposure and the way they came out. And they're sharp enough, but they're not super sharp. There's not lots of detail there. Um, and I don't know whether that's because of my developing or whether it's because that's just kind of where the film's at at 1600. Um, I'm going to try it in. I, I developed this role in Ilfosol 3, which is what I've been using for it just at normal speed. And I didn't, I thought I was quite gentle with the agitation, but it made for quite contrasting negatives. The, the thinner ones, the ones that came out more poorly um, were just black and white in the truest sense of the word. <laughs> so, <laughs> so tell me because this is this is interesting so like you know me i don't actually develop my own film uh and i have very very little experience of pushing the film so my my when when you were talking about this i'm thinking okay so what you've done here is you've set your iso on the meter on your camera or whatever else you were using at 1600 and so you're effectively underexposing the film by two stops is that right yes that's correct and then so in development of that film you do something different yes you're developing it for longer um to compensate for that so whereas i think i can't remember what exactly the normal development time is but it's probably about seven minutes something like that in alpha soul 3 at iso 400 it was 19 minutes uh, 1600 so it's it's quite a chunk longer all oh, right um, yeah so that's so yeah that's well yeah it's nearly three times as long isn't it yeah so, yeah, yeah. No, um, that's, that's so yes yeah, so, okay so and do you have to do anything different other than the time no that's that's about it really i mean 
this is me saying this coming from the point of view who, of somebody who is a very um, basic developer. There are specific developers that you can buy that are better at pushing and pulling films. Um, I can't remember what the names of any of them are off the top of my head, and I'll just get it wrong if I try and guess at which ones are and which ones aren't. But there are some developers which are particularly good for developing pushed film. I don't know what it is about their makeup that makes them that way, but... Um, yeah, there certainly are other choices that you can make which will perhaps get better results out of it. I know that Alex, who's been shooting a lot uh, um, of this stuff, has been using Rodinal, which is a kind of a go-to for everything. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's Microfan, I think, is one of the ones that's a bit of a quicker one. It's, 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 there are things that you can do, but basically with black and white film, yeah, you just compensate for it. I think some films obviously push better than others. Some developers push better than others and pull better than others. Um but the thing that always blows my mind is when you come back to color film where you just don't do anything you just you just change the iso on the camera shoot it as it is and then develop it as it is and somehow that works i don't yeah that so all. so yeah cuz i i don't understand how that works either um i get so so uh yeah thank you for the explanation on the black and white that kind of fits the mental model that i had uh, and and kind of makes sense, you know. You've underexposed it, so you've got to push it a little bit further in development. That I get that. So you're pushing it two stops, you know, from four hundred to eight hundred, eight hundred to sixteen hundred. So that mm. make, that makes sense. I get that, uh, and I get that there are different results, not just because you've pushed it, but because you can use different chemicals. But mm. the, yeah, the the whole C forty one pushing a c41 film uh but you don't do anything different it's like that's well you're not pushing it then are you you're just relying on the latitude of it you're you are underexposing it deliberately for presumably to to stop it being blurry and therefore you're going to get uh you're just going to rely on the chemistry to sort it out for you yeah yeah it's crazy it's yeah it's amazing as you said what the latitude of a lot of those color negative films is like to cope with that it's fantastic but um yeah, on the whole, I have to say I am definitely going to be shooting a lot more of that HP5 at 1600 because it's just so such a useful speed, um, and I, I like the results that of the of the ones that came out well. I really like the results. It it looks nice, and it, on on the medium format in particular, as you said, the grain structure is nice. It's not it's not obtrusive at all. No, it's not. I mean, I'm only looking at them on Instagram, of course, Instagram resolution. But yeah, uh, uh, you know, they're, um, they're, they're on on neither photograph is it neither the one of Sinead nor the one of your mum is it is it a feature? And 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 sometimes in in HP five the grain can be a real feature, can't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in thirty five millimeters, it, it's it's certainly more noticeable. It, it gives it much more of a. Um, sort of press shot look than you uh, and it even as it is i think as i put on the um, instagram post you know hp5 pushed to 1600 is probably not your ideal choice for portrait photography but that said when you go out shooting on a gray miserable day it's it's probably about the right speed you want um especially using the 150 millimeter lens um which i have to say i'm not i'm not convinced that maybe that's not where the sharpness is being lost i'm not sure whether maybe my 150 millimeter lens just isn't that great i think next time i might go with the 75 millimeter lens on that uh well maybe yeah that's a good good point um 
because uh, some of them and some of them i know my 150 mil lens on my bronica isn't isn't as sharp as the 75 mil because i've got the the slightly older less less good lens for the 150 mil one and the slightly newer better lens uh for the the 75 but okay all right well the um, interesting stuff and uh, you know good results and i'm a little bit proud of you for using artificial lighting as well <laughs> yeah thanks thanks I, i'm just glad and indeed relieved i think is perhaps the word that because i when i left there i felt very much like Sinead had done a really great job of posing for pictures because it's not something that's natural to her. She's not done any modelling or anything like that. Um, but she has, over the last few months, made an effort to look at some stuff to get some ideas for posing. Um, and so I knew that she had held up her end of the bargain. And I was like, <laughs> oh, boy, I hope I have managed to do her some justice with some of these pictures, because if not, it's all on me. Um, and so, yeah, I was quite pleased. I think I've... Um, the, some of the, the couple of the pictures, the ones on Instagram, are also up on Flickr. If you want to see them bigger, and I'll send you the links to some of the other ones. I was but, just looking uh, at that. I was just going to say, are they in either your Flickr stream or our Sunny Sixteen podcast group? Because they should be, so we can have a, a proper look at them. Because yeah, I don't I, think they're in the Sunny. I don't think they're in the group yet. Because I'm, I'm looking at the group at the moment, and there's there's quite a few new photos from Alex Ward and from Ken Hindle May. And uh, from somebody called JWSE Crest, something like that. Mm -hmm. So JWC Crest or something like that. Uh, but, so, but but none from you. <laughs> no, but but if you go if you go to my feed, if you can find my name there and click on it, actually, I've added quite a few of them on there. Oh, um, okay. Well, so yeah, you can. You, um, the Morose Duck Sunny, uh, the podcast, not podcast, the Morose Duck. Oh yeah, so you are. Look at that. Uh, See so, yeah, all those most extreme. recent black and white ones are um, from that one role, um, and the sort of uh, other three that are on there of Sinead are the ones that where the negatives were not good. <laughs> they they were bad negatives. There was just blown out highlights and completely black shadows and not much in between. So um, I see what you mean. Yes, the old Game Boy camera effect. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Which is coming. I've seen quite a lot of Game Boy camera revivals at the moment. It's very strange. Anyway, uh, those are not analog cameras, so we shan't talk about them here. <laughs> I mean, they're not, they're not far off, are they? Exactly. Well, I suppose. Yeah, I was just thinking. Yeah, you're not not far off. So then there's uh, there's two more. Then um, people I I don't necessarily recognise actually. Um, that uh, yeah, that's my cousin and my niece. Bless them. Ah, right. Okay, but those those have come out with uh, plenty of uh, plenty of dynamic range in them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I I don't know what it was about. Maybe I just. When I was out shooting on Thursday, it was just the light levels were a lot more varied than I thought they were, and I should have been more careful with my metering. I mean, I think actually, obviously, that's definitely part of the problem. I think because it was so grey and overcast, I thought, oh, this is all going to be a very flat, uniform light. I'm going to take one quick meter reading, and this will just do. Um, and that clearly wasn't the right thing to do. But, uh, oh, well, you live and you learn. Yeah, absolutely. But, hey, well, you know, um good work good for getting out there and doing it um i haven't done any portrait shoots this week <laughs> in fact uh, you know my, my my the sum total of my project update for this week so our, our you know um, challenging six month sunny 16 projects uh my sum total this week is nothing uh i have i i've got an email saying that the, the photos i took of rob 
uh, are on their way back to me. They've been developed now, so I shall have something to report next week. And, of course, you and I are meeting up next weekend or this coming weekend uh, because you are going to be victim number two. Uh, but other than that, no news from me uh, at all, sadly. Yeah, yeah, about the same for me. I've taken a few pictures this week, but not very many. Um, I tried to take one you because I, I realised that um, one of the times where I'm most likely to not have my glasses on is when I'm out at work and it's pouring with rain because I just can't see through them. But uh, when it's pouring with rain, it's not ideal time to get your camera out either. So I um, I took a very quick picture and then put it away again. Yeah, well, well, I'll tell you what, then uh, we will spare our listeners our pathetic excuses. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after this quick break, uh, we will come back and talk about some stuff we have done. Yay! Well, this is an odd one. Uh, it uh, could, could come across as a slightly heavy segment, so apologies in advance if it does, but I, I've just asked Graham to make sure that he interrupts with plenty of irreverent comments um, to lighten the mood a little bit, because this is about my trip to Isla. And I, rec- uh, I received, uh, a, a, for me, the most unusual photographic request uh, I've ever received. I mean, I quite often, as I talk about on the podcast, I quite often get uh, requested to take photos at family events and stuff like this. And yeah, this was a family event, but uh, a little bit of the difference. So the reason I was on Isla at the weekend was actually for a funeral. And uh, without going into too much detail about that, there were some people that couldn't make it. Um, and the the request that I had was to take some photos of where uh, the deceased was buried. <laughs> right. <laughs> OK. Yeah, good, good. Now, this is where you step in with the irreverent jokes to lie in the mood. <laughs> I, I, just... No Monty Python, anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was really I was thinking, where is this going? Are they, are they going to ask pictures of the dead body? Are they going to ask pictures of people? Um, but of all the things they want, the whole? <laughs> well, uh, <no. laughs> well, it wasn't quite that. Okay, so let me let, let me let me tell you a little bit more about this. So so um, the it no it wasn't uh, any it wasn't the details as such. It was more the landscape, and you know me, I'm not the best landscape photographer in the world either. But uh, imagine, um, uh, if you will, uh, a Scottish hillside. Um, you know, beautiful but slightly barren. So not many trees. Uh, the very occasionally a little cottage. Um, but, uh, you know, a, a Scottish hillside uh, above an estuary uh, with the tide out. So you've got, you know, sort of little snaking water streams that reflect the light, but but sand as well. Um, and then on the top of the hillside, uh, an old, a very old uh, cemetery. Uh, the chapel long since ruined. I mean, the, the walls are still there, but the roof is long gone. Um, and there's a dry stone wall to you know around the edges of it. It's only a small cemetery, um, but that yeah. So and uh, that is what I was asked to take a photograph of, and it was beautiful. It really was. Um, it was undeniably a cemetery, but it was beautiful, um, and we got very very lucky because although the weather is pretty closed in, 
uh, at this time of year in the in the Scottish Western Isles. Uh, the, uh, the 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 rain stopped and and the clouds cleared partly. So you know on the far side of the estuary where there were some rolling hills that caught the sun. So there's there's some nice light in these in these photographs that I've managed to take. Um, but it is an odd one. Uh, I, I didn't quite know how to react to the request, uh, quite what to point my camera at. <laughs> um, uh, so I've chosen to uh, try and show uh, the the whole of the cemetery itself and the ruined chapel in a, in a beautiful landscape, because I think that's what it's all about, really. Um, it was about where uh, the, 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 this took place or where, where the, the, the whole of the situation, the whole of the landscape. But... Uh can I, can I ask? Um, I've got some questions. Questions. Uh, a question in the audience. Um, so, the, this is you taking pictures primarily of the cemetery where uh, this person was buried. Yes. Uh, what do you think the people who asked for this are going to do with those pictures? I mean, are they going to? I, I mean, are they going to? Oh, well, I, looks... I, I don't know. Um... Uh, do you do any video footage? Are they going to put? Are this going to be a VR um, helmet situation where they're going to sort of experience it in virtual reality? And you know, I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Um, uh, I, I've never, I've never taken photos of a wedding, but I hear from wedding photographers that it can be quite a stressful thing because you know, there's, there's, you, you can't repeat stuff. Uh, I I don't know whether I I, I experienced that level of stress because uh, I, I can't I, no, nothing to compare it with. Um, but it certainly um, it was certainly a challenge. Uh, yeah, do the, you do you think this was somebody who just really wanted photographic evidence that this person was dead? <laughs> Um, did not believe it. Maybe there's money involved somehow, um, but they just needed proof. But yeah, that's where he's buried. Good. I, it, this is. I mean, the the whole reason for talking about this on the podcast, I suppose, is because it's something that happened to me as a photographer that I'm trying to process. You know, so you know, it's uh, and I, I, I genuinely don't know. Um, I don't know why it's important uh, to the people that have asked. Um and and uh, uh yeah I I just don't know um so well you know uh, I'll I'll do the job and and I took uh I I had a uh I had a thirty five mil camera with me and just an S one of my Nikon SLRs so I used that uh I also because I didn't want to not have anything to show at all I had my little point and shoot digital with me so I took a few of those with that as well so you know as a uh, as a contingency plan I just wonder whether this is a habit that they've got into where whenever they attend a funeral they take a picture of the place where the person is buried or the cremated or wherever it may be and in their house they just have this photo of <laughs> pictures that can flip them go oh yeah yeah that's where dave was buried and uh, there's auntie sheila yep she was buried there (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea i have no idea but uh, i think if anybody has had as strange or stranger a photo request than that uh i'd love to hear about it because at the moment i'm still 
partially, yeah, genuinely sort of, you know, psychologically processing this. Cause I'm not quite sure what happened. Um, so it it's something that's, you know, vexing me a little at the moment or puzzling me at, at the very least. So, but, but you know, uh, I don't know, anybody else been asked to, to take photographs of, of strange or uncomfortable or or downright ludicrous things because it was a bit weird have you got have you got anything you can uh you, you, any stories of an equivalent you know i don't think i have anything that comes anywhere near that um yeah I, you know apart from doing a couple of bits for kids schools in the past which have involved zero dead bodies to date um i'm, I'm pretty clear i mean the one thing i am wondering though Aid, is that you spend the weekend eating or drinking eating slash drinking whiskey for breakfast i'm wondering whether this is just all in your head i'm wondering why you didn't go up there and have sort of a, a wicker man-esque experience and go a bit crazy on the islands and... <laughs> yeah me me and edward woodward both eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh unless you're talking about that silly american remake was it Nicholas <laughs> Cage? Cage? Was it Nicholas Cage? That was yes. terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> the original Wicker Man movie is brilliant, um, and uh, uh, probably still uh, to this day, thirty, forty years later, uh, pretty close to what it's like to be in a place like that. <laughs> anyway uh so yeah so to round to round off that little story um uh, uh i have had a look at the little point and shoot digital ones and i've got some nice landscapes um with some good light uh and we with a ruined chapel and and some gravestones as as the foreground subject uh so i i have something um but it's uh it was it, it was an odd one uh and uh I suspect I'll feel a bit more comfortable with it when I finish processing it. But there we go. Oh, the rest of the weekend ghosts. was most. The rest of the weekend was mostly about whiskey. Um, yeah. So so that was good. I went on a distillery tour. We had uh, because it's the middle of January. We were the only ones there. So Emma and I had a, a distillery tour just for the two of us. <laughs> this is but you awesome. had to drink the entire group's worth of whiskey. Well, there's a bit of a niggle with Scottish law in uh, it's now zero tolerance for blood alcohol if you're driving. Mm-hmm. So you can't just have you know uh, one you know uh, dram taster and then drive home because you'd be over the limit. And so uh, as as it happens, luckily the love of my life uh, doesn't like whiskey, so uh, she was quite happy uh, to just sniff the whiskies, the different whiskies at the end of the tour that I got to taste and I got to drink them. So. That's good. That's good. It's um. I was horrified to see you put on Twitter that you had run out of film. You took one and a half <laughs> rolls of film with you. What were you thinking of? Good well, grief! Well, we so we were supposed to be on the island for about thirty hours, and most of which were pitch black. <laughs> Right, because mm-hmm. the daylight, the you know, the the daylight you get, uh, where you can meaningfully shoot photographs, uh, in at that uh, latitude or longitude, latitude at this time of year, is from about nine in the morning till about three in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, and you know, during a lot of that time, I was supposed to be you know uh, at a family funeral. So uh, I thought, okay, well, I've I've nearly nearly finished the one in the camera. I'll take a spare one, but I doubt I'll get through that. 
uh and and then uh the the distillery that we went to was actually quite a picturesque place in a sort of victorian workhouse kind of a way oh lovely uh so so uh i i started you know shooting off the rest of the the roll of film and uh and then ran out but it's okay because by the time i ran out it was getting dark anyway and then we were just sort of hanging around airports waiting for planes that weren't arriving and stuff like that after that so uh, but you're right uh you should never run out of film so no, the, no. there is a lesson to, there is a lesson there somewhere if only i could spot it <laughs> just always take far more stuff than you need that's always the lesson <laughs> yeah that's probably a very good lesson um do you know what you can't even bring whiskey home from isla either and if you're what? traveling with just hot hand luggage that's because you're not understand. allowed to take it you're not allowed to take anything more than 100 milliliters in your hand luggage Oh jeez, of course, yeah. So, so, so you go to the like, you know, whiskey mecca. <laughs> you're not allowed to drink and drive, and you're not allowed to bring any whiskey home. <laughs> that sounds not that I drink place. for the avoidance of doubt. Not that I have a habit of drinking and driving. I do not do that. But you're not even allowed to have one tiny sample and then drive. That's disappointing. I assumed you were going to come back with at least a reasonably well stocked bag full of booze but um i'm just gonna have to go out and buy some more locally i've been inspired i have to say i have been inspired <laughs> <laughs> to, to get very very drunk well no to to, to, to have more whiskeys in the house <laughs> sounds like it sounds like a good thing it does sound like a good thing anyway none of that is about photography so we're going to take uh, another little break and we'll come back and talk about some slightly lighter photography stuff <laughs> Righty-ho, uh, now back to something a little bit more development-oriented uh, because Graham has been developing some more films recently uh, and I don't know what the story is because the show note is a little light on this one but I'm sure there's something interesting, uh, possibly with a little bit of a disaster, uh, maybe a hammer and a screwdriver and some sort of Armageddon in it. Am I about right? <laughs> Actually, no. I mean, it's been, I was going to say, completely disaster-free, although I'm looking at the results and going, hmm, this is definitely a lie, calling it completely disaster-free. Mostly uh, disaster-free, but not without any incident at all. Um, I said at the end of last year that I was on a mission to try and clear out some of my cameras that had film in for ages. and I, I, rem- and- I remember scoffing at you. You, you, you did. I mean, and, and it was a justified scoff because I think at that point I had 11 cameras with film in. Um, and I've certainly still got most of those 11 cameras with film in. But I am getting through them slowly and also getting them developed slowly. And the two rolls of film, I very kindly developed some rolls of film for my mum and for my niece, but um, I did some of my own film as well. And I have got the first roll of film out of the, actually, let me rephrase that. I've got the roll of film out of the Lomo LCA. I don't want to say first, because that implies there might be a second or third. Um, <laughs> and I've got a roll of film out of a Kodak Jiffy. Um I will talk about the Lomo LCA first, just because I suspect that that's a camera far more people are familiar with. This is the little point-and-shoot, little rusky point-and-shoot that I picked up at the camera museum last year when you and I met up for a pound aid, as I'm sure you don't need me to remind you. Uh, no, that was a good find, or maybe it wasn't. 
well, the results are not a spectacular success. Um, it quite clearly is leaking light like a soup. No, like a soup, like a sieve. <laughs> what kind of soup do you have? Sort of thin, watery soup. A very transparent <laughs> soup, yes. <laughs> it's not good for soups. It's not you, good for lovers. You, you and Oliver Twist both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's, And I know that when you talk about the Lomo LCA, you expect there to be light leaks in there. Um, but this is just too much. This is like, oh, no, this is just actually ruined most of the frames. I did a quick search, um, a quick hunt around some of the um, forums and found a couple of people talking about this. And what I suspect is happening is that light is getting in through the hinge side of the film door. Um, and so it's right by where the film is being wound around. So where I've taken a few pictures in relatively quick succession, it's not too bad because it hasn't marked it too badly, but most of them have got some degree and then some of them is pretty bad. Um, I haven't shared any yet. I will share some of them on the Instagram feed. A couple of them are all right. Um, there's a couple of sort of flowery pictures, obviously, because there's always some flowery pictures I desperately try to use at film. <laughs> and um, there's another corking one to my mother looking very serious. Um, but on the whole, uh, I don't know, it, uh, not bowled over. I, I Even with the light leaks, looking past that, I'm not looking at these going, well, this seems like a great reason to run another roll of film through this, especially not when I've got the little Minox um, 35 waiting to be tested out. So uh, that's the Lomo LCA. Yet another slightly disappointing leap. Onto eBay, sell it at a profit. You only paid a quid for it. Even if you declare all the things that are wrong with it on eBay, you'd probably get about 30 quid for it. That's certainly what I ought to do. But you and I both know I'm not going to do that. It seems very unlikely I will, but I ought to. But um, yeah, just like I said, just another disappointingly crap Russian camera. Um, I Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Uh, the other one, the Kodak Jiffy. This is an old camera. Um, I, I'm sure at some point I must have looked up its age, but I cannot remember now. But I'm going to guess it's the 1920s, maybe 1930s um, Bellows camera. It's a very basic camera. It's uh, one of those ones that pops out on um, levers and it's essentially got the functionality of a box camera. So you've got, uh, I think, two, maybe three apertures you can choose from and a single shutter speed. Um, and you look down and you just sort of, there's a little mirror in there so you can kind of see what you're looking at and i put film in that two years ago i think it was a christmas present a few years ago it's a gorgeous looking camera really lovely it's one of those ones where you really would just i mean and i do put it on your um shelf and enjoy just looking at it but that wasn't enough for me it uses i think the film it took back in the day was 820 roll film i think which clearly is not a thing anymore um it has <laughs> not been not, a thing. not even a thing i've ever heard of no, no, and that's perfectly reasonable. I mean, there's no reason whatsoever to have heard of 820 film. It was a, a, appeared on a few cameras, I think almost exclusively, if not completely exclusively, Kodak cameras. The main difference is it's a roll film, uh, unsurprisingly, and the rolls are longer than um, the... 120 film spools so i think they're probably i don't know two three millimeters longer um anyway i was able to sort of 
just put in a 120 roll of film and bend down these metal holders to kind of hold it in place. And that was working reasonably well. But as the roll got towards the end of it, it started shifting and then the whole thing just jammed up a bit and I ended up in a situation where I couldn't wind it on, couldn't wind it back. But I managed to shoot most of the roll of film. Um, the only problem with that was that the window on the back for you know with 120 films like on your holger you've got the little window so you can see what the frame number is yeah and that did line up with the frame numbers on the film but not the right frame numbers um i think the six the um color jiffy is at least six by nine if not a large it's a huge negative it's oh, really right, massive okay. so a bit like with my um various pinhole experiments earlier in the year there was a lot of um exposing over and over but there, there were i got about four frames out of it where there was certainly enough of it there i mean with a frame that big you it's not hard to get enough of it to qualify as being a picture um and they, they exposure wise they came out surprisingly well um I was listening to the FPP today and they were talking about some of these old cameras with very big negatives and they were saying that um back in the day these would have just been contact printed onto paper so you'd have had a six by nine negative and that would have just become a six by nine photo and oh, at that okay. size they're plenty detailed enough um of course what i'm doing with it is scanning it in and then looking at it larger than that and when you do that you can see that oh yeah there's there's no sharpness there at all and it's not um but you know it's it's nice i'm glad that i shot a roll of film through it i'm sure i won't shoot another one through it because there doesn't seem much point i've got other old cameras i'd like to test out but um it's certainly a fun talking point if you're out and about with it because it's just this big art deco looking camera um and yeah fully punk fully functional um after all these years and um yeah, again, I'll, I'll try and remember to stick up one or two of the pictures from that on the Instagram feed. They're not particularly exciting, but uh, yeah, it was quite nice to use it and nice as much as anything else to get that roll of film out of there and done. So I think I've got, hang on, I have a quick look across now. I've got, I think about five cameras now with film left in them, of sort of existing ones. So that's not too bad. That's not bad, actually. That's no, not bad. not bad. You know, sometimes you can't you can't be doing all the the good fun stuff all the time. Sometimes you have to, uh, I don't know, get get on with stuff, don't you? It's uh, yeah, it's not all um, about. Sometimes you have to finish something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The the biggest reason I want to get these emptied out is because there are loads of cameras that I think, oh, I quite fancy having a play with that but I don't want to put any more film into cameras whilst I've still got loads in other ones because otherwise you just end up with a situation where I've got 50 cameras with rolls of film in and none of them have got more than one shot on them and oh, that would be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. As I say, yeah, sometimes you just, it's not all about the fun stuff, but uh, well done. Anyway, get to get them down and yeah, maybe set a target for the end of the quarter or something like that. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you can go into the springtime with a whole bunch of new cameras. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, okay. There you go. There's your. I know. I know. We're uh, we are challenging each other quite regularly these days. But there you go. There's a challenge. Get them all done by the end of the quarter. That gives you what I know about ten weeks. Yeah, that seems reasonable. I can do that. I can definitely do that. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So there's a, there's a uh, I guess a, a slight link to the next thing, which is uh, some some news from me, which is that this is something that I have done really because i i suppose i had to rather than anything else so um i 
Uh, I mentioned this a uh, couple of shows ago, actually, um, but uh, we haven't had the opportunity to talk about it until now. Um, I have recently bought a tripod. Uh, That's a big step for you as a tripod hater. I am a tripod hater, and I don't like the tripod I've bought either. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Put it next to your um, so, Instax camera. You okay, so so then, so put, let, let, let's get this straight. So I have any number of light stands, right? Um, uh, and I love a, I love a light stand and uh, different different types of light stands, big ones, small ones, booms, boom arms, all sorts of stuff. And uh, there are actually two tripods in the house, uh, although uh, neither of them um, were bought by me. So one actually belongs to my wife. Uh, uh, she had it uh, for shooting video. Uh, it's a big, heavy thing. Uh, you wouldn't want to carry it around, but it's certainly fairly sturdy. Uh, and then another one, I think it was one I was given uh, years ago, which is a very cheap plastic. Uh, what's the van? It begins with a V. Uh, Velbon? Yes. Velbon, is that a brand of tripods? That's yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, uh, and it's made of, um, yeah, entirely out of plastic. So um, it's clearly not something that any self respecting photographer could uh, carry around. <laughs> No. Anyway, so we got the so uh, I I have a big photography trip later on this year, and I just it, it, you know there is some stuff I'm going to have to get for it. And one of the things was a tripod, so I thought you know what this is the January sales. You know I am going to go out in the January sales, and uh, I am going to see if I can buy a tripod. Uh, so I went to to a shop called Park Cameras. Um, you and I actually, uh, the same day we uh, went to see the Eggleston exhibition in London, uh, we went to the Park Camera shop in London. Uh, but their original shop was a, is a big a sort of out-of-town place. It's almost like a, it's an industrial unit, essentially, that they've turned into a real retail space, which is just outside of Brighton. And uh, they, it's one of these places where they have a... a, a good area of space for every single brand and then for all the other bits and bobs and accessories so i went there for, and played with these things for an hour or so anyway cut a long story short uh, i bought a manfrotto b3 uh tri tripod with, with a ball head so the head it's one of these ones that's a sort of travel style uh tripod and the ball head actually comes with it it wasn't one where i had to buy the head separately um and uh, having looked at both the aluminium and the carbon fibre versions, uh, because I know I'm going to have to carry this thing around, uh, I bought the carbon fibre one because it was in Ooh. the sale. Um, so, so how much was it in the sale? Well, so I uh, it was it was quite a lot off actually. So so it's usually two hundred and seventy nine pounds. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that is well worth a whistle. But you know, I've every everybody I've ever heard talking about tripods has always said never buy a cheap one because you'll end up having to go out and buy a good one afterwards anyway yeah that's certainly true i mean i when i bought my tripod it it was very much on a budget but i pushed the budget as far as i could and bought a decent brand and a decent weight and i'm still using that tripod now um you buying a cheap tripod is definitely a f false economy yeah, uh, well, that that's what I've been led to believe. Um, so this, as this is the first tripod I've ever bought, and I still haven't used it yet; it's still in its box. Um, but so it was supposed to be two hundred and seventy-nine pounds uh, in the sale. It had fifty quid off, 
229 and then for some reason the day i went they had an extra 10 percent off so i ended up paying 206 pounds for this tripod which is not much more than the standard price for the aluminium version of it yeah um uh and so i got about i think i worked it out as about 24 25 percent off the list price in total what is the weight difference between the uh, aluminium and the and that's aluminium? Just can we make this perfectly clear because we know there's going to be listeners out there who don't understand how that's word said. It's aluminium, not aluminum. Okay. Two totally different products. Yeah. It's <laughs> Spelt differently, you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, I, I, it, not so much that if you were just if it was the only thing you were carrying. Uh, then you you wouldn't worry about it. Uh, sorry, does that make any sense? Not it's not so much of a weight difference that if it were the only thing you were carrying, you would make a fuss about it, or you would yeah. think it was worth paying the extra money. Uh, but you know, just because it was down near the price of the aluminium one uh, in the sale, and because it could save a little bit, and you know, no doubt there was a little bit of stars in my eyes as well um i i went for the carbon fiber one um uh, the, uh, on the basis that i hate these things so much that anything that is actually difficult to carry i'm just going to leave it out. i'm never going to use it so anything i can do to make it slightly more attractive <laughs> i i see i will never understand your hatred of tripods um because they're just such useful things uh, i i don't use mine a huge amount but that said I certainly have over the years had out for all sorts of fun things. You can have fun with tripods. You can use it for doing macro stuff. You can use it for doing nighttime stuff. You can use it for, if you want to put yourself in front of the camera. You can do all sorts of cool stuff with a tripod. I don't know why you got so much hate for them. Well, you learn to love your little three-legged friend. <laughs> well, you know, it's. I think it's because mostly I prefer to take fairly candid photographs i mean not you know unknown as it were but fair you know fairly let's call them spontaneous photographs rather than candid photographs and i tend to take them of people and people tend to move around uh when they're not mugging for the camera um and so you know i have uh, i have no use for one uh and then you know in my day-to-day shooting well, a lot of that is done as i'm walking around uh you know to and from work and i'm not going to carry a tripod to and from the office um and they can do they got this nice lightweight well one. i could do yes yes so so if there was ever if there was ever a chance that i was going to do it i suppose now i've got something that is suitable for that kind of thing it is def- it is designed to be something that you can carry around as you're walking around so anyway uh there it is um begrudgingly i have bought a tripod um now all I need to do is to get an extension for it because it sits up about, I don't know, about five feet high, about chest height. Uh, well, you're about, that's about as tall as you are, isn't it? Eight, about five feet. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little gnome. I'm a little gnome. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, no, it's, just, it's, it's not high enough that I, I, I mean, it's, it's um, not high enough to be a light stand. <laughs> which is the most important thing so because you know if i'm going to have a tripod i'm going yeah and it's going to be the one thing that i carry around with me then i want damn sure that i can use it as a light stand as well so what i need now is a pole about 18 inches to two feet long which i can screw into the plate on the top of my tripod and uh that and we'll have a you know a, a, 
it, well, it can have any top on it, really. It could be a quarter inch or a three-eighths or whatever um, because I can get it all... Uh, uh, I've got all the adapters. But really what I want is an extra you know, 18 inches to two feet of height on this thing uh, which uh, and then a, a connection on the top which I can um, you know, screw a light onto. And then I have something that is useful in more than one way. Sounds as though you're overcomplicating this to the point where you'll never use it at all. But uh, carry on, carry on. Well, I know I, I will do. I will do. So this trip I'm going on later in the year, there's going to be a bunch of uh, landscape photography. So it will be really useful for that. It's not. I don't hate tripods really. It's just I don't have any use for them most of the time, and I've never yeah, but, ever needed to buy one. But that's because you, when you've got one. Then suddenly you think of all the things you could do with it. Now you've got one. Like I said, yeah, I could turn it into a light stand if I had an extension for it. I tell you, the most useful time, the one time I've been really glad that I had my trifle with me, not that I needed it in the end, but um, last year, no, two years ago now, we, um, Sinead and I went on holiday to um, Mid Wales, to Brecon Beacons, and we went for a walk around this place where there's loads of waterfalls. And um, I was navigating and I am notoriously terrible at getting really lost, especially on foot. And so um, after walking for about, I don't know, four hours, we found ourselves on the top of this moor in the middle of nowhere with no idea where we were going. And we bumped into these uh, two people out walking their dog. I said, oh, we're trying to get back to this place. So, oh, yeah, no problem. Just follow that path down there. And it's back. It's, oh, good. How long will it take? Only a couple of hours. Um, <laughs> at that point, Sinead could have killed me. So anyway, we, we're heading down this path. There's just one path to follow all the way down. Great. We go through a gate, walk into the next section, and there is a massive bull right next to the path. It's ah. like, oh, shit. <laughs> we have, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere around it. This path goes straight past it. So, um, and I had my tripod with me because we've been going to waterfalls and stuff. So obviously I've taken my camera and my tripod. I think at that day I was carrying my, my tripod, which is a heavy tripod, my um, Yashica 635, which is not a lightweight camera, and also my digital camera. So my uh, shoulders were a bit achy by this point. Um, but I made a point of, kind of getting my tripod ready to use as a baseball bat style club if need be as we walk past that ball because all things could get a bit hairy. Fortunately, they didn't, but I was quite glad to have that really solid tripod there in case I needed to battle this ball, which would have just stamped me to death. Well, there is a use for a tripod that I haven't considered. <laughs> um, I will bear that in mind next yeah. time I'm uh, <laughs> getting lost on the moors. <laughs> <laughs> if ever I say let's go for a walk somewhere, just say no. No, so thank don't, you. St don't stray off the path. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got uh, so many lost times. Uh, never mind. Okay. All right. Anyway, that's my bitching and moaning about tripods done with. Because. Uh, you know, well, hey, I've got one now, so I might as well just enjoy it and find ways of using it. Anyway, we are at that point of the t uh, the day, or at the point of the show, I should say, uh, where it's time to do some shouting at people. And uh, I have to say, I've been rubbish at this this week. I've had some good conversations on Twitter, mostly about whiskey and being stuck <laughs> on Isla. Uh, not so many new people to say hi to. So uh, over to you, Graham, for shout-outs. 
Thank you very much, Ed. Yeah, there's a couple of people on Instagram who I've been chatting to a bit this week and also just, you know, enjoying their feeds. Um, there are so many people on Instagram whose feeds I enjoy on a weekly and daily basis, but these are just a couple of people I want to shout out to. The first one is R. Dungan1918. Um, uh, he's got a really interesting feed because it, it's a mixture of his own photography and he's using a lot of um, very old cameras as well, you know, things of similar ilk to my Kodak Jiffy. But also he's... Um, finding old negatives and scanning them and developing and making prints of, uh, of other people's old pictures. I think there must be family photos and stuff. So you get to see some really great vintage photography on there, as well as his own stuff shot with vintage cameras and you know other just more mixed stuff as well. But it's, that's a really interesting feed. Um, the other one I want to give a shout out to is uh, I'm not quite sure where the um, emphasis here but i want to go with at nebo fever um and the reason i'm going with at nebo fever is because nebo was this tiny tiny little village in rural north wales i mean it was a, a telephone box and a shed and that was about it um <laughs> and so i just love the idea of nebo fever it's like the smallest amount of disco fever you can ever have um but uh, nebo fever is another um film shooter uh, and another one with a real mix of stuff on there um some beautiful work on there he's shooting with a Hasselblad um some really lovely medium format stuff some nice stuff uh, in 35 millimeter as well um lovely family shots just uh, again a nice mix of stuff um but yeah I always enjoy seeing their stuff and so um yeah check check those guys out really nice mixture of color and black and white work on both of them and interesting feeds and nice people so shout outs to those guys Great. Well, thanks. And a good couple of feeds there for everybody to go take a look at. And that, I am afraid, dear listeners, uh, brings us to the end of our show for this week. As always, uh, we would like to say a big thanks to Chris at pixelatedphotographer.com and to Bill for the show notes and to Kevin McLeod for our music. You can get in touch with us on the Internet, surprisingly enough. Who'd have thought? Anyway, as you know, uh, it is going to be Graham mostly on our Instagram account at Sunny16Podcast and me at the Twitter account of the same name. Uh, We haven't paid much love on the podcast recently to our Flickr group, uh, but uh, no doubt uh, that will be coming back uh, with some sort of uh, competition or project or anything that we ask people to submit to especially when we get to the next round of the Cheap Shots Challenge. Now, I haven't spoken to Graham about that, but it can't be that far away. So keep an eye on the Flickr group as well. It's imminent. I think I was thinking about this week. It's imminent. Oh, okay. So bearing in mind that it's the middle of winter and pitch black, you better choose something that allows us to use some lights because I can only get 200 speed film for my camera. Sure and your fine. and yours has a maximum aperture of about f100 <laughs> yeah oh third time lucky third time lucky okay uh so if anybody would like to try and influence the subject uh that we choose next uh remember that these are from the pixelate no not the pixel uh, from the 500px website all the categories uh apart from nude photography uh, we've already done street photography. And um, what was the other one we did? 
Uh, Animals and Wildlife. Animals was the and last Wildlife. One. So if anybody has a 500px.com category that they like that is not one of those three, email us because the other way you can get in touch with us is sunny16podcast at gmail.com. And we will use that to rig the vote uh, in some way because, you know, let's face it, you know, picking it out of a hat, it's all a little random, isn't it? And nobody yeah. trusts Graham to do it randomly anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, if you send in your email, we will read it and we will discuss it and then I will ignore it and draw it out of the hat and the fates will take their chances. Oh, well, okay. All right, so you heard it here first, folks. Uh, the Sunny 16 Cheap Shots Challenge Round 3 is not far away. Uh, get onto eBay, get those cameras for less than, what was it, £20 or $30? Uh, yeah. I suspect we need to switch those two around now. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, and yeah, £30 or $20 and, uh, and some film as well. And uh, be ready for, I don't know, Graham will surprise us. Maybe it'll be next week, maybe it'll be a couple of weeks from now and we'll see. Uh, but that really is the end. So thank you for listening and uh, we will speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. I'd imagine by the time we get to the next Cheap Shots Challenge, it'll probably be a Trump credits. That'll be the currency we're using. Ah, it's uh, five million Trump credits to buy your Cheap Shots camera. <laughs> Well, who knows? Uh, who knows? He's got a day. He's, he's only got a couple of days to go, hasn't he? And then he's actually he the president. <laughs> uh, it's never going to stop being funny. I mean, well, it, <laughs> yeah, will, it is. Friday, very, it very will. quickly, it's going to stop. <laughs> very quickly, it's going to stop being funny. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Right, okay, well, there's an episode. 